Kante, Bakayoko, Alonso, Batshuayi, still, still wonderful steal for Chelsea and Conte. What is going on guys? We are back for another episode of the Blue Crew. This is episode 26 and I think it's our fourth, maybe even fifth week in a row with some quality episodes. We even got out some Twitter content last week, which is quite amazing considering how usually slow we are on the actual on the actual content. Um, anyway, I'm not joined by my usual guests today. I am, it's a little, it's not a solo run, it's just a, a one-on-one between me and Luca Foley. So you would You've joined me here. We're Hello. separated by some glass. We are, as always. How are you doing? I'm all right, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good about it. Well, good morning. Good, uh, nice little TV bulletin going yeah, on this morning. It. Yeah, very good. Uh, which was really quite enjoyable. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we, uh, we'll go from there. We've got three football matches to talk about once again. It's quite nice the way these are working out at the moment. We've got mm. the weekend before, the midweek game, and then the weekend preview as well. So, let's start. We'll go back to the Manchester United game. It seems a long, long time ago. It does. Saturday evening. Just give mm-hmm. us your overall thoughts on the game. I thought we were very good in parts. Very, very good. Defensively, once again, after the severe game, I thought we were fantastic at the back. Edward Mendy put on, I'd say, I'd give him a nine and a half. Out. I say, you say, if you give people 10 out of 10, you've got to give a reason why. And... I mean, I could give him a 10 out of 10, but for this reason, I'll give him a 9.5 because you can never have the perfect, perfect performance. But yeah, we played really well against United. Defensively solid. Thiago Silva looked brilliant at the back with Zuma. Fullbacks did well. I can't remember who was it. Azpilicueta started ahead of James? Or was it James first? Um, James start? No, James James started and Azpilicueta obviously played at, at centre-back as well. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I think they did really well. Attacking-wise, it, it just wasn't clicking. I don't think... Because yesterday, obviously, we'll get on to Krasnodar. We, in that game last night, we did switch to a 4-3-3. Yeah, which, which, the which, game which against really United, worked. I don't think we did. Which And no. I think that certainly hampered ourselves going forward. So, I think overall, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with the performance defensively. But attacking-wise, we, we could have done a lot better. How, how would you assess it? Yeah, it was basically... I called it, I think, last week after the severe game. And I said that we were going to go into the game very defensively and we were going to play for the clean sheet. Mm-hmm. And we did. But it's progress that we were able to go into a game and play for a clean sheet because a couple of weeks ago under Frank Lampard, we couldn't get a clean sheet no matter what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Regardless um, of who was at the back. Regardless of who was at the back, what system we played, who we were against. It didn't matter. We were always going to concede. Um, so to be able to go into games now and say, right, if we set up like this... We aren't going to concede. I mean, that's really good. You can't lose a game if you don't concede. Yeah. Um, so I took that as a massive positive. Obviously, the attacking was poor. It was poor. It was really bad. Werner was peripheral. Pulisic wasn't amazing. Havertz was all right, but didn't do anything. Um, I think that was down to not only the setup, but also Kante and his sort of off form that he's going through at the moment. No, I, I would have taken a nil-nil at the start of the game. I think I said one-nil maybe in my prediction because I didn't want to predict a nil-nil draw. Mm-hmm. Um, but a point away at Old Trafford is a good point. United had just beaten PSG. Obviously, people would be like, oh, yeah, but they, they lost 6-1 to Spurs. Yeah, okay, they did get over it. They had a man sent off. Things happen. 
no, I thought it was a, a good performance. It was a, a mature performance. It was a team that set up. Because it's not easy to just set up with five at the back. I've seen a lot of people go, oh, Lampard's just taking Conte's system, just sticking five in front of the um, in front of the goal. It's not that easy to not concede still mm-hmm. against the players that United have got. You know, Bruno, Rashford, um, no Martial. United's team did look pretty poor. Maybe they were there for the taking, but I liked what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think we are struggling to find a balance between defence and attack at the moment? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, obviously we have the potential to be fantastic going forward, and at the back we look very, very solid. I think the, the problem is. Lampard hasn't got the right midfield balance because obviously he's been starting Kante a lot recently and it's just not... I think it's been Kante and, and Jorginho mostly in midfield, the midfield two, and it just hasn't... I mean, there's a balance there. There's a man that can... I mean, I I still think Kante's more a very good defensive midfielder and he's, he's the one out of the two of him and Jorginho that can defend. But I don't think there's the right balance there. It's too... There's not enough attacking... There's not enough forward momentum going forward. If you look at Kovacic last night... He was, albeit no, the, the first half, first 50 minutes wasn't great. He was the one that was making the runs, doing his like trademark dribbles through midfield, getting the ball out wide going forward. So I think there's not a problem with the defence in the attack. I think that can... We've seen with like with Chilwell and Rhys James putting the crosses in, albeit the, the, the forwards have to finish those chances, which we've struggled to do recently. But I think the, the link between defence and attack is fine. It's just the mid... Frank doesn't have the right midfield balance. It's too... It's too, like, I don't know what the word is. I don't want to say defensive because that's boring, but, like, it's too, like, one-dimensional. No, no, understand I, what I, mean. I agree. I didn't think Kovacic played well last night. Um, I was absolutely calling out for him at the weekend. Yeah. After about half-time, probably half an hour, I said, look, Kante's got to go at the moment because he's just not offering anything going forward. Jorginho, obviously, you never know. He might play one of his sweeping passes. He's the dictator of the team. And we did have a fair bit of the ball, actually, in parts, but it was always passive possession. We were never looking to do much with it. It was just keep the ball, almost wait for the mistake, and that's not something that we particularly want to be We doing. We want to be more proactive, um, and Kante doesn't give us that. But I thought Jorginho, uh, I thought Kovacic would. However, obviously, it didn't happen. He didn't come on, um, and he wasn't particularly good against Krasnodar. It was a really mis- disjointed like first, as you say, 50 minutes, really. But Kovacic has hardly played a game of football all season. I'm not really surprised he's been rusty. It would be good minutes for him. Um, I'm not particularly bothered what happens in midfield against Burnley. I'd just like to hope that at some point we will settle. Because yep. as you say, we switched from 4-2-3-1, went to the 4-3-3, scored three goals like that. Bang, bang, bang. Um, I don't know. It's a hard one. It's, it's, it's a tough one at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, trying to find the right system. Yeah. One thing I saw on Twitter yesterday, obviously we've got... We, us avid followers of Chelsea, we have we have our Twitter accounts, and the majority of it's dominated by by fans and people that follow the club and have their own say. I saw some people say that it was a picture of Can of Jorginho and Kovacic saying this this pairing isn't the way forward, and I'm thinking if Kovacic and Jorginho isn't the way forward as it might have been a few months ago, and we don't think Kante and Jorginho are right. If you are playing a two in midfield, if you if worst comes to us and we have to play a two, what do you do? Because if, if you can't do Kante and Jorginho uh, and Kovacic and Kante and Jorginho is not good enough, what do you do? I mean, none of them are good enough right now. And I think it's going to have to be a best case for a little while until January, and possibly until the end of the season. You know, we're looking at 
we're not going to probably we're not going to get a DM in. I doubt the one that we want any of the ones that we want, which could be Rice Zakaria, could be Ampadu, could even be Gilmore to some extent. But I don't think he's the answer as a, as a lone DM. Gilmore is one of the other two in a midfield three. He's one of the eights. Um, we're going to have to put up with this. Some games we'll have just Jorginho and we'll play a 4-3-3 and it'll work. Some games, like last night, it'll be just Kante at the base of it and it worked. And maybe something Lampard didn't... He started after lockdown last season was Kante on his own with Barkley and Mount. We saw quite a bit of, we saw a little bit of Ruben here and there. And it didn't seem to work that well because Kante wasn't able to shift the ball like Jorginho. I just wonder if this season, if we get the people in front of Kante right it'll be easier for him to give it to Havertz and let Havertz do his thing, to give it to Mount, let Mount do his thing, to give it to anybody. Maybe Kante's job will be made easier this season because of Havertz. Maybe it's time to let Kante try the DM role for a game or two. I don't know. There's a lot of playing around. We don't know our best 11. There's a lot of if, buts and maybes going on. What would my favourite midfield pivot be? Like In terms of double pivot? I don't even know. I don't know. I would... Jorginho will be in it. Yeah. Jorginho and Kante works, but isn't aggressive enough. Yeah. Jorginho and Kovacic works, but isn't defensive enough. Well, there's a line there. Um, and I don't know which side of it I fit. As long, hopefully, it's a decent problem to have mm-hmm. when you've got Kante, Jorginho, and Kovacic all fighting for two positions. That's not bad. They're all good players. They will all come good. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know right now. And what would I do against Burnley? I don't know right now. Would I play a 4-3-3? Maybe. Would I play a 4-2-3-1? Maybe. I don't know. It's hard. I don't know if Lampard knows. Obviously, back again. I wouldn't. Well, um, he might. You don't know. Obviously, we have enough players to cause a lot of problems, but we're just not doing it at the moment with the midfield. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky one. Yeah. I just wish we could skip to the part when we've got a DM, whoever that be, Ampadu, Rice, whoever it is. I'd love to see Ampadu given a go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I when Gilmore returns... That's going to be brilliant. Gilmore could really make a pivot work with any of those players. I think you wouldn't see Gilmore Jorginho, but you could see a Gilmore Kante. You could see... wouldn't be particularly confident about Gilmore Kovacic defensively, but a Gilmore Kante pivot could be quite something. Mm. Or Kante, Gilmore... Havertz in a 4-3-3. There's so many options. There is. It's a selection headache for Frank Lampard, but it's a good one. Um, On to, I mean, we've spoken a bit about Grasnodal, but again, focusing on that game last night. How refreshing was it to see two out-and-out wingers on the left and the right? Well, Ziyech was the star of the show, wasn't he, really? He was, yeah. Um, First half, he was the light of in a lot of darkness. It was a pretty piss-poor first half, let's be honest. Great. It was really bad. Um, lots of possession, hardly created anything. Ended at one nil. Could have been two 0 with a missed penalty. I don't know. Uh, I like the look of the edge. Oh, yeah, I do have to agree with you there. He was. He brought everything we thought he would, didn't he? Creativity, flair. He brought that cockiness, that sort of. I don't care if this pass doesn't come off. I'll try it again. I'll shoot from distance. I'll try. Almost like Bruno in a way. That sort of. I'm going to do this. You're going to deal with Whatever it. Happens, I'll do it. I'm going to put in 50 crosses a game. you just got to get on one of them and we score a goal. Mm-hmm. And if we're keeping clean sheets, it's not a bad recipe to have. No, that's what, three clean sheets now in, in a row? Yeah, four out of five now for Mendy. What did you think of the other side then, Hudson-Odoi? 
I, I thought it was good. It, obviously, again, it's not. He wasn't crazy, crazy good, but he could have been better. But overall, I think he did really well. There was some good link-up play between him and Ziyech, actually. I remember in, I think it was... Yeah, it was the first half, where Ziyech just, on the right, just cuts inside and just pings a really nice ball out to Hudson-Odoi, who keeps it in really well and drives on from there. And I think they they, they combined really well. And obviously, Hudson-Odoi got his, got his goal, which I think was, was good for his confidence. It was... It was I mean, it wasn't the best finish. It was no. arguably straight at the keeper, and he's the keeper's just had a complete brain fart and just he's gone through his arms. But overall, I think Hudson Odoi had a really good game. He's like I say always, he's driving at players, he's taking people on. Could have been better, but overall, I think he did very well. Whether right. it's a, whether right. that's a, whether that performance says to Frank Lampard, oh, he's going to play future games regularly. I'm not sure yet. I know it's harsh because we've been saying that quite a lot about him, but. The one thing it definitely did, Hudson Odoi is better than Mount on the wing, <laughs> which, which I think, which yeah. I think we knew. Yeah? Oh, yeah, I think we knew that. Um, and part of Hudson Odoi's problem is that he is never going to be first choice when Ziyech and Pulisic are available. He, but it in a season where games are going to come thick and fast, centre backs we saw last week rotating, midfield we're seeing it rotating. And obviously, when Gilmore comes back, we'll rotate even more. Um, we're seeing that being the third choice for every position right now, you're going to get games. You know, you're you're just going to. As Pelaquet is going to play at right back, he's probably going to play at left back. He's probably going to play at centre back this season. He's third choice. He's going to play everywhere. He's still going to get games. Um, so for Callum Hudson-Odoi, the important thing for him is. When we don't have a winger, he needs to be the next option. He needs to be, right, Pulisic isn't fit, right, Hudson Odoi will play there. Zeke isn't fit, right, Hudson Odoi will play there. Not, they're not fit. Oh, could we play Mount on the wing? Can we play Havertz on the wing? Or should we play Werner on the wing? No, no, no. Hudson Odoi needs to be the go-to. He needs to get himself as that go-to. That's the start. He needs to be the, oh, right, we need a goal. Look at the bench. Right, we'll bring on Giroud and put Werner on the wing. No. Take off a winger and bring Hudson Odoi on. He, that's where he needs to get to. I don't think he's there yet, mm-hmm. but game time can only get him there. Yeah, the goal wasn't good yesterday, but he scored it. It's a goal. Who cares? It was the first bit of actual one-touch fluid football we played, basically all half. Mm. Um, and he was involved in it. Yeah, he was there to score the goal. Mm-hmm. Similar link up to that West Brom goal, where he that got on the end of a little one-two first time finish. I like him in that position. And plus it gives genuine width for someone like Havertz to hopefully be a bit more creative. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I didn't think he was very good. Do I think he'll start against Burnley? Probably not. But in the weeks to come, obviously we've got Burnley and then we'll have Wren next week in midweek. Games are coming. You'll you're playing... Carabao Cup, you're, FA Cup. You're, Carabao Cup, nice one. <laughs> cut, cut that out. We move. I'll put that stinker of the week probably. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. Games are coming. Three games a week. We need wingers. We need depth. We've got it. Hudson Odoi though needs to make sure he needs to take it upon himself to be the go-to man because he's not going to be the starter. But starters aren't going to start every week. It's not possible. Hudson Odoi needs rotation. Be like Pulisic's injury prone. Hudson Odoi needs to be there. Get get like build that confidence in himself and make Trank 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 <laughs> make Frank trust him. <laughs> I think is is the next stage for Hudson Odoi. Mm-hmm. Um, if we just drop down quickly before we move on 
well, actually, it's just, sort of, just sort of covers the issue in general. I think we mentioned Tamori almost every episode, and we say the same thing every time. Let's try not to talk about him. What did you think of Rudiger's inclusion in the squad and in the starting eleven? considering he's not played a minute of football this season, I don't think? I thought it was very, very weird. I think when I looked at it, I thought, this is... I, I, I can't even tell you what it is, really. I was trying to think of something that... Obviously, they were all saying that, oh, Frank Lampard's made up with Rudiger after his shocking form earlier in the season. And I think I'm 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 still extremely confused as to why he started. He hasn't played. I don't think he's played a single minute. He's been out of the squad since. Who was it? Did he play against Liverpool? I don't even think he played against no, Liverpool. That was, that was um, Zuma and Christian. Zuma and Christian. Yeah. So I don't think he's even been in a a player in the squad in any part of the squad since since last season I guess yeah he might have been on the bench but I think the last time I physically remember I physically remember seeing him play a game was in the friendly against Brighton when he conceded the penalty which we drew one all but anyway I thought that was a very very strange one you've got Tamori who's when he's come on he's looked at the start of the season he's looked very very good very composed alongside Zuma and I just he wasn't even on the sub bench I I didn't notice it straight away at first he was he was he was no he wasn't no he was he, he warmed up when Zuma got injured. He was. We didn't say before the game. We didn't see that though. That's no, weird. because the, but the bench was everyone else that didn't come because there was five subs. So Tamori was. I'm having a stinker. He, right. he, he Tamori was the man. No, no. I, I I know you said that yesterday, but you could see actually. This is where we move on for Tamori. Um. He is like Hudson Odoi, right? He has to become the first backup. Yeah. But he's not. Obviously, he's not. Thiago Silva is at the top of the food chain. He will play every game he can. Kurt Zuma is second to him. It is now up to Tamori to somehow, I don't know what the man's got to do more, I, I don't. to somehow make himself third choice and at very least fourth choice because in January, somebody has to go. You don't keep five centre-backs at a club. You don't. It can't, it can't be done. Five people aren't going to get game time. Five people aren't going to be happy. So the battle is, who is going to go? Tamori needs to be in there mm-hmm. because he's good enough to be there. He would benefit from Thiago Silva massively if he is there for the rest of the season. Just, I don't... I just don't. I just want to know what's going on there. I I, I'm still confused as to why Rudy... He hasn't, it's, is, it, is it just to provide s- some reassurance to the defence like it, like it was with Czech being added to the... The goalkeeper list, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I find it very, very weird that Rudiger, not playing a single minute, gets drafted into a, albeit a, a sort of lighter weight clash in the Champions League. But still, he, zero game time. Tamori's looked good when he's come on at parts this season. Mm. He's looked reliable. Mm. To me, he 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 should be our third-choice centre-back, without a doubt. He's played better than Christensen. And I just don't, I don't understand what Frank can't really see in him that he has to start. Yeah, this, this one, would be a perfect game for him last night. This one is the strange one. I think this this one is definitely the strange one because we don't know what Hudson Odoi obviously makes a few headlines here and there. Sometimes you want him to kick on. You know he's not very, he's not always amazing when he comes into the team, but Tamori's just the complete opposite. He, he always makes an impression when he comes on. We know he's prone to a mistake, but the kid's young, early twenties, mm-hmm. twenty two, whatever. He's twenty young is how old he is. Yeah. Why not give him a chance? Why not give him the experience? I'm just a bit... I don't know. Would you agree that last night was the perfect game for him to play? 
I think not to maybe not to play a full to I start think last. Not, I think game. I think last night Lampard wanted experience. It's a Champions League night. We didn't play particularly well. The centre backs weren't particularly good on the ball, but I don't think he ever wanted that sort of perhaps the inexperience because Zuma isn't the leader. When Thiago Silva isn't there, I mean Aspilicueta obviously played. We I don't know. Maybe there's something about maturity and leadership there that he sees in Rudiger because Rudiger is a big character in the changing room. A big leader in the squad. So I wonder if maybe part of Lampard's decision to play Rudiger yesterday was down to, oh, do I trust Tamori in a French speaking back four um back five, sorry, with 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 Mendy? Do I trust him to play on a big Champions League night? Because every Champions League game's big. Let let's stop this narrative of they were only crossing the door. Well they deserve to be there and they put up a good performance and this is their biggest game of the season. Yeah? Mm-hmm. This isn't just Newcastle away. This is a bit a European night. You've got to win the games. We saw Real Madrid dropping points all over the place. We saw Bayern Munich pushed by Lokomotiv Moscow. Um, let's give Krasnodar some respect. We expect to beat them. So maybe part of Frank's reasoning is, hmm, Rudiger's been there. He's done it. He's played Champions League football. Tomorrow he's not got loads of experience. Maybe that's part of it. Would you be opposed to if he doesn't get enough game time? Up until up until December January, would you be opposed to find, going out on loan like it was reported in in uh, in earlier on in the year? No, no, I think that might have to be the, be the case because he stayed thinking he was going to get more game time, and he's had less game time <laughs> at the start of the season, which um, is baffling. Yeah, so I'm not really following that one particularly. Okay. But, you know, we move. Can't yeah. can't turn down a four 0 win and pick out the negatives of everything, can we? It's it's confusing us all with the Kyoto Tomori situation, but we've got to we've got to move on, respect Frank's decision, and just see see where it goes. Yeah, and talking of moving on, perfect, nice little segue here into the uh, trip trip to Turf Moor this weekend. Mm, not not an easy place to go. Never an easy place to go. Burnley aren't playing particularly well, dare I say it? They're not looking amazing, but. That's exactly why we'll probably lose to them. Don't say that. Going into the game, what are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, I think we should be... Relative, the defence should probably be the most confident part of the team going into that game. Burnley also are very... Defend, I say defensively solid. They're, they're leaking goals, but they're, they're known for their rigid sort of... I say backs against the wall. They're always the team that are, that are up against it. They, they're set up really well by Sean Dyche. And... Uh, but I think overall the defence should be the most confident part of the team. The attack should also be quite confident because obviously Burnley are leaking goals galore. But down, I think they're still in the relegation zone with just maybe a couple of points, maybe even one point. I think yeah, they're, they're definitely not one yet. They this definitely season, have one. They? They've drawn one or two. But yeah. I think confidence should be high. The clean sheets should be giving the team a lot of confidence to go and put in a really solid performance. And I think the win should be should be the only thing in the, the team's mind at this point. So is changing the defence as simple as James in for Aspilicueta, Silva in for Rudiger? Thiago Silva probably has to come back in for Rudiger. Thiago Silva was, wasn't even in the squad. Squad just not even on the bench. Frank said he... I think he was pretty much saving him for Burnley. Yeah, he didn't travel. Yeah, so I think Silva, if, he's been re- if he hasn't even been put in the squad for a Champions League game midweek, has to come back in for, for Rudiger, who's obviously... Played last night and obviously not got enough game time to maybe start a Premier League game. And James for Uh 
it's interesting because we played with five at the back and Reese and Azpilicueta and Reese James both started. So it's kind of interesting. Well, we're probably going to go to four at the back, I would assume. Five at the back is pretty much not in the question. So it's it's an interesting one because obviously both played against United. So who do, who do you take out, really? I think I'm tempted to say Reese James because that Burnley defence is quite quite leaky and Reese James is the one that can supply the crosses that can that can hurt the back line of any opposition we play against. So I wouldn't be opposed to see Reese James uh, in for Azpilicueta and change to a back four, but yeah. I wouldn't be totally, totally surprised if Frank stuck with Azpilicueta for that leadership and experience. Yeah, I personally would go with James. I think he's been one of our best players so far this season. Um, and just the fact that Burnley are probably going to make us have to play out wide. Won't be getting too much through the middle, you'd think. Um, might be a prime game for an Abraham or a Giroud. Potentially in the second half, I can see that happening. Couldn't see Giroud or Abraham coming on. Yeah. And you want James's crosses, I think. We've seen how good Chilwell is going forward. He's good. Putting a ball, he's taking corners. Um, and I think James gives us that, if not better, on the other hand, on the other side, the energy, the athleticism, the big old bastard that he is, fucking putting himself about. So are we saying Edward Mendy, Chilwell, Zuma, Silver, James? Yeah, that's what I'd go for. Yeah, yeah, I, I think. I think that's our strongest backline. That that is our strongest backline. Aspilicueta, if he comes in, he comes in. But I would personally pick. I personally pick James. Um, are we going to move on to the midfield? I think we've basically Mid- covered it. What we've covered it, but what do you do? Like, I don't, I don't what does know. Frank do? As long as Ziyech plays, and Werner plays, probably Pulisic on the left hand side. Don't really care what happens behind him. Havertz will play, and then it's any two from three, isn't it? We send Mount rested still. Yeah, I, I imagine. I mean, I wouldn't be. Oh, Jorginho, Havertz, Mount. No defense. There's not enough defense in there. Maybe, maybe. Kante Mount Havertz in a three, in a four-three-three. I'd be, I'd be happy with that for sure. That's basically what we turned to yesterday. In fact, it was what we turned to yesterday, and it worked. And it perfection. worked. And I think that is the. Obviously, we've covered this before, not to go over it again, but that is the aim to go to a DM and two more forward-thinking players. That is the aim. And it worked the other night. We've seen it work before. Is it worth risking against Burnley? Yeah, they don't have stacks of pace. I think Thiago Silva and Zuma will deal, hopefully, with the direct approach from Burnley. It and we, as I say, we might have to go with our own direct approach at the other end of the pitch. Get some crosses in that box, win some balls mm-hmm. in the air, do it ugly, win ugly. We've been we've been grinding out ugly results over the past few weeks. We've lost one game in ninety minutes this season to the champions, thanks to a red card. This is not bad. We're not winning games, but this has not been bad. No. We're not losing games. We're grinding results. It's ugly. But who cares, man? Just win. Like, just let us get the points. Complain about it afterwards. When we stop getting the points, that's when you get a bit concerned. Mm. But at the moment we're doing it. We're doing all right. So I think that might finish the actual sort of previews and reviews, unless you've got anything else to say. Uh, I don't think so. Were we going to... We were... No, I think, yeah, I think that's pretty much all we've got. So we're going to move on to um, the nice little section that we added in last week. Um, on some, give some hot takes. I'm, I'm gonna up the time. I'll give you a minute this time if oh, you want. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you a minute. Ooh. Oh, sorry. I thought that was you. No, it wasn't. That's. Just, I don't know if you heard that, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. But I think you probably did. Like in that's uh, just going on in the lecture room. There's a class next door to our 
studio what they're doing i think this week um we'll do this all live so we'll probably have a little discussion here i think we should go back and forth you've got a choice yeah between next season our cdm declan rice or ethan ampadu oh do you want to take the easy way out and take declan rice I don't know because you, I mean, you took, I took these, you took the hard approach with with Wenger last week, didn't you? But yeah, I'm, but I'm I mean, happy. I'm happy to take uh, Ampadu. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I just hope it's my hot take is better than last week because right. it surely can't get any worse. Right. So you, Luca Foley, you've got a minute right here to tell me why we should be buying Declan Rice to be our CDM next year and why he is better and why the deal makes more sense. Than keeping Ethan Ampadu for the role instead. Ethan Ampadu. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. Go. So, basically, we've been discussing for a very long time that Declan Rice is or should be the future of Chelsea's defensive. I say defensive problems. Defensive. Uh, basically, he should be our defensive midfielder in the future. He's a Chelsea boy at heart. Obviously, this is famous. He's known Mason Mount for years and years. They're at the Chelsea Academy together, and I do believe that he's a very, very good player. He's captain at West Ham. I think he's only 21 or 22. They call him sort of Mr. West Ham. He's just 21 years of age. Already made hundred over 100 appearances for the club. Uh, the price, I mean, the price is always going to be of an issue, but he's not going to be more than, what, 50, 60 million pounds if we can barter well with West Ham. And I think... Seconds. Left. And uh, I think that he could, he could... He's a very good ball progressor. He's tenacious in the tackle. Sort of like Billy Gummer when he first arrived on the scene at Chelsea. I think he'd be a really good addition to the squad. Just uh, He's also a very good passer, not Jorginho-like, but just very, very good. And I think that he could be a very good dictator of the play at Chelsea in the years to come. Nice. I'm happy with that, actually. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed that. I did enjoy that. And the listeners at home. Give you a couple of questions about it then. Okay. What does Declan Rice bring to the team that Ampadu doesn't? Well, first thing that comes to mind is experience. He's, he's captain of West Ham. He's at a Premier League side. I don't watch much of Ethan Ampadu, I will be totally honest. I obviously watch Match of the Day and quite a lot of Premier League football, so I've seen bits of Declan Rice. He's, he's a leader, he's a he's quite he's a passionate player. I've seen his in in his interviews, he's honest about how his team have performed. He cares about the club, he cares what he does for whoever he plays. And I think that experience is probably the main, main factor of, of this of this discussion. So is experience worth forty million? How, how do you mean? Well, if we like, I believe Declan Ross is a better player right now than Ethan Ampadu. Yeah. I mean, in terms of potential, what's your opinion on that? Potential, I think they've obviously Ethan Ampadu's younger, so people are going to be saying he's. People are going to be having different opinions on potential, but I think that the potential is there for both players. Whether they reach the same heights as each other in what five, six years' time is, is you can't really answer that question straight on and give a proper answer, but. I think that at this day and age, if you're if you can get Declan Rice for what forty or fifty million from a London rival, I think it's absolutely worth it, especially with the way transfer fees are flailing about in this year in this light era of transfer market. If I I've bottled my words there. That's all right. You know what I mean. I think that'll probably cover your two minutes time on Twitter. So yep. I'll move on to mine. Once again, short like, ask the question and you can go in. I just need to actually start my timer is what I'm trying to do, but struggling. Can I do that? Oh, there we go. Can I count you in? You can, but I can't actually start it. 
Shall I just do it on my phone? Yeah, I can do if you want. Go on. Do right. That. So, are we keeping this in the... Are we keeping this in the... Yeah, so? I can't be able to take it out. <laughs> All right, so... Here we go. So, Tom Coley, you have 60 seconds to explain to me why you think Ethan Ampadu would be a better acquisition for Chelsea than Declan Rice. Three, two, one, go. Number one, Ethan Ampadu is not going to cost us an arm and a leg and he's not going to cost us negotiating time um, to get this deal over the line. We don't want a transfer saga with Declan Rice. We just don't want it. Ethan Ampadu, there's no saga. He's here. He's ours. We don't need to buy him. We don't need to buy a CDM. Number two, Ethan Ampadu's left-footed. Quite like that. We need a bit more balance in our squad. Havertz is left-footed. We'd have a left-footed centre-back. Ampadu can play centre-back as well as Rice, obviously. I think Ethan Ampadu's range of passing is is slightly more advanced than Declan Rice. I think Rice is more of a ball-playing CDM, whereas Ampadu has got the ability to play almost as a register. Um, Not that we need that, but I do think Ampadu is also showing leadership way ahead of his years. He looks like a player on the international stage that isn't phased by things. And I think the fact that Ampadu is potentially younger and won't cost anything is probably my main argument. Very good. Well, I, I, wish, I, that. I wish I had more time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 60 seconds, I think, is probably enough, especially after last week when we got 30, which I thought was quite harsh. But yeah. I enjoyed that. I think that was very good. I think they both work. Yeah. And there's not... I mean, in five years' time, who's to say that we don't have Gilmore, Rice and Ampadu? They could all work. Not too defensive for you. Rice could still be a centre back. You buy deck and Ampadu could still be a centre back. I mean, God knows these two guys could be our two centre backs in five years' time. Ampadu and Rice together. I don't think they will. Probably not. But it's not a bad drop in. That's where this whole four-fifth centre back thing comes in. You can then we can then have four centre backs and then not worry about a fifth because we've got a fifth and a sixth in Rice and Ampadu. Do I think there's a future for them both at Chelsea? Possibly not. It wouldn't be easy. But is it a possibility? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Man City, look at look what Man City have done. They've got Fernandinho and Rodri. Fernandinho is now centre-back. Rodri's played at centre-back. Just gives options. Versatility. I like Ampadu a lot. So do I. He looks really good live. He's got a good range of passing. A good range of passing. Like This man knows how to play. And it's not easy to play a register. And he was doing it at 18, 19 years old under Sarri. Even under Conte a little bit, I think he played. Um, mm. He just looks good. I just like him. I, so do I agree with he's you. so I, happy he's got a Premier League move and he's starting that because mm. he, fucking Sheffield United have got a good player on their hands. They have. And, and yeah. I'm happy that they're using him. All right, so am I because there's been a lot of times, well, I say there's been a lot of times, there's probably times when, when team players have gone on loan and they're not, not getting the game time. Yeah. And this is completely the opposite and we've got potential future star on our hands. Yeah, and... I see captains in both of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, More so Declan Rice, obviously, because he's captain now, but there's nothing to say Ethan Ampadu won't... Ampadu's a leader. Won't become sort of Declan Rice leadership standard. Ampadu really does look like a leader. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, in reality, right now, obviously I don't know loads about Ampadu. I've seen him a fair few times. I've, you know, say I know him enough to make a good decision. But I wouldn't be too bothered if you were to tell me, oh, five years' time Chelsea would have Rice and not Ampadu. Or they'd have Ampadu, not Rice. I wouldn't be sat there going, "Oh no, why not?" Either way, even one of it, just even just one of them would be. Yeah, and I don't really mind which one. Ampadu's still there. Change the way we play. 
If Ampadu's good enough, why spend the money on Rice? Do we know he's good enough for sure? No, no, we don't. Rice is the guarantee. You bring Rice in, you know what you're getting. Because just like Chilwell, it's an in-league move. Chilwell has slotted in so seamlessly, Declan Rice would do exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. I don't think you can guarantee Ampadu would do the same thing. But does he have a similar sort of ceiling in terms of potential? Yeah, I think he probably does. Why do you think Ampadu might not fit in as seamlessly as Declan Rice and Chilwell? Because Chilwell has played years in the Premier League. Rice has played years in the Premier League. He's got over 100 Premier League appearances. Is that the only reason? Yeah. He hasn't got enough Premier League Yeah, I just, I just think in terms of minutes and experience, Ampadu could have a season. But I mean, by the end of it, Ampadu could go on to be absolutely huge for Sheffield United. And if he is, maybe next year, there you go, you just chuck him in. We did the same thing with Tammy Abraham, it worked. Mount did it in the Championship, it worked. We had the conversation the other night. These youngsters, it's all about getting minutes and proving yourself. All about that. There aren't many players in world football that come up through the youth ranks and get chucked into their first team. This doesn't really happen that often. No. I think the only examples we had were Rashford and Greenwood and Trent. Potentially Saka, potentially Martinelli at the moment, but Ronaldo was away, proved it in a different league, came through as a youngster at United. You don't often see 17, 18, 19-year-olds just chucked into a first team. I think they need to prove it elsewhere. And if Ampadu does it, fine by me. Come back to the Chelsea team next year, mate. There's a position there for you. Because Kante or Jorginho or Kovacic, one, two of them might be gone. And there's a space for you at the club. There's space in that midfield. There is a space. Come along. And, talking of space, not that this has got anything to do with space, but I think that might be a wrap. <laughs> yeah, I think it probably is. I think, I think that would do. We've done well there. We have. It's been, what, 30, 38 minutes. Of just quality chat. Always. Yeah. Just good content between we the two it. of us. I think, you heard it here first, next week we're going home. We might have a special guest on next week potentially to talk about the Wren game. Um, we haven't got it completely nailed down, but there is a chance that we will have a special guest next week. It's in the works, Lee. So look out for that. You'll obviously know because it'll appear all over the Twitter. Nowhere near the Instagram. No. Well, I mean, yeah. Other than that, do you want to do a little shout-out? Shout-outs, as always. Check out the Forest Green podcast, The Pod on Top of the Hill on Twitter. It's hosted by our, our wonderful housemates, Laurie and Ollie. Who are at this moment in a studio, someplace behind us, interviewing one of yes, our lecturers yeah. ahead of uh, Forest Green versus Cheltenham this weekend. I think they are the big old Glossico. So yeah, anybody wants to check out some League Two, League Two football podcast? There's the pod on top of the hill on Twitter. I'm sure they'd also be absolutely happy enough to answer questions on other League Two clubs because they do know their EFL quite yeah, well. Yeah, they're very, very well clued up on it. So yeah, at the pod on top of the hill on Twitter is where you can go to check them out, and also. We have a wrestling podcast. I don't usually do this bit, so I don't know their Twitter handle, but it is the Wednesday Pinfall podcast, and they specialise in wrestling and NXT. And, and AEW, I believe. They know so much about wrestling that I don't even know where to get started because I don't know anything. We don't even know their handle on Twitter. About so, wrestling. I don't yeah. usually do this bit, so we'll blame OJ on this. Nathan, if you're listening, blame this on OJ not being here, not me for not making this brilliant. Yeah. If you're still listening, go and check them out. They're called the Wednesday Pinfall Podcast, so I'm sure if you type that in on Twitter... If you need some in-depth wrestling, 
this is it because their podcasts are long they and they go they in, are very committed in depth they're up right. to, they're up till about three in the morning if once you, or twice a week if you listen to our last podcast when we went tactically in on chelsea football club kieran and nathan go in on wrestling just for a living and it's about three hours longer than our episodes which is just shows yeah. commit not that we're not committed but they they have a lot more to talk about than us digging yourself sport. a hole right now yeah other than that thank you very much for listening please let us know in the comments of whatever you're listening this on listening to this on if there's anything else you want to see us do try answer anything like that please other just... than that thank you very much luca it's been a pleasure yeah it's been a pleasure talking to you my friend Goodbye. See you later. Kante. Bakayoko. Alonso. Batshuayi. Still. Still.